Welcome to Lady Sculpt Lifestyle, the podcast that encourages, educates, and empowers you to elevate your life and create your dream body. And now, here is your host, Lady Sculpt's boss coach and WNBF figure pro, Lilas Leona. Hey, hey, ladies. Episode number 14. Before we get into today's episode, I have some updates for you guys. I am back in Canada after being down in Las Vegas and Arizona for the WNBF World Championship. I had two athletes competing at Worlds. They both kicked ass. We have two top 10 in the world athletes on Team Sculpt right now. I could not be prouder. All right, you guys, let's get into episode 14. This episode's called Micronutrients. I know we're back to like boring episode title names. Um, I thought about naming it Prenatals for Everybody, (laughs) but I want to keep these easy for people to find the information they're looking for. So today we're going to be talking about nutrients you need in very small quantities. However, they're still really important. And I just wanted to add in this disclaimer as a nutritional coach, I do not prescribe or treat or cure. The information that I'm giving you in this podcast is purely from an educational standpoint. And if you want to know more information, please contact your doctor or your naturopath or do some research yourself. Test out your body. Okay, let's get into it, you guys. So a micronutrient is something that you need a very small amount of compared to say protein or carbohydrates or fats where we need those in much bigger quantities. That's why they're called macronutrients. A micronutrient is something that we need a smaller amount of. So vitamins, minerals, fatty acids all fall into this category. And all of those things can be found in macronutrients, right? So the foods we eat, the the carbs, the proteins, the fats all have micronutrients in them. Now, just because of the way our world is working and the way that our food production runs, what we're finding is over the course of the last hundred years, the food that we're eating is a lot less nutrient dense. So we're having to look to supplementation to get a lot of our micronutrients. So I wanted to talk a little bit about just from a female standpoint, especially from an athletic female standpoint, what you want to look out for and what supplements and micronutrients you should really be considering adding into your nutritional regimen. Let's start with why we may not be getting the micronutrients we need. Now, like I was just talking about there isn't as much micronutrients in the food we eat today as there was maybe a hundred years ago. We're seeing it just from mass quantities of food production, our soil not being as nutrient dense, much more processed packaged foods happening, on and on it goes, right? So some of the reasons why you might be finding yourself in a nutrient, a micronutrient deficit could be any of these above. So stress, stress can cause all kinds of inflammation on our bodies that can cause GI distress, which we're going to get to in a minute. And it can also cause our hormones to fluctuate and to go a little bit crazy, which can create a lower ability for our body to absorb micronutrients. Chronic pain, same idea, right? Chronic pain can cause extra stress on the body also triggering that cortisol level to bounce up and our hormones to go a little wonky and 
for our bodies not to be able to absorb micronutrients the way we should. Limited diets. This is something I see a lot in my field. People who have chose to go keto and have eliminated most of the vegetables from their diet and all the fruits and all the grains, etc., etc. Also vegan diet or vegetarian diet that have eliminated meat, dairy, animal byproduct from their diet are limiting their body's ability to get certain micronutrients out of those foods that they're choosing not to eat. And then we get into GI distress. So this can be chronic disorders like Crohn's, colitis, celiac, or even just stress-induced GI distress or an inflammatory response brought on by candida or yeast overgrowth or just eating foods that don't agree with our bodies that are causing an inflammatory response in our GI tract. When our GI tract has an inflammatory response, when our intestines swell, our bodies aren't able to absorb nutrients out of our intestines like they should be able to. There there becomes an issue with absorption. So we do want to make sure that our digestive tracts are being well taken care of and that they're working properly and that I'm going to talk about it y'all we're going to talk, I'm going to drop the poop word that our bowel movements are consistent and healthy that's a really important part so in lady sculpt in my membership group we talk about definitely the food going in how important it is for a healthy protocol and to be eating food on a regular basis and talking about what we eat on a regular basis but just as importantly What comes out of your body and the state in which it comes out of your body is just as important for letting you know the health of your digestive tract as what's going in. So if you're feeling like you're eating really healthy, but you're having liquid bowel movements or you're not having regular bowel movements, that's a sign that your digestive tract isn't functioning as it should. And maybe you should be checking in on what you're eating or possibly looking into help with what you're eating. Okay, let's talk about some of the most common vitamin deficiencies. I want to first touch base for my plant-based people, my plant-based people. I'm seeing more and more plant-based people in my community, and I want to speak directly to you for a second. So most of you have done your research on this. Most of my vegan clients know what they need to supplement with and know how they can create protocols with certain foods to make sure they're getting enough of their their micronutrients. The three top micronutrients that we really want to watch for in vegan vegetarian diets are B12, calcium, and iron. Just to touch on these really quickly, I want to give you some stats. And these aren't just vegan vegetarian stats. These are stats kind of that go across the spectrum. But 80 to 90% of vegan vegetarians may have a B12 deficiency. That's huge, you guys. We're going to get to symptoms and signs and foods that you can utilize for these deficiencies later in this podcast. 20% of the aging population may also be deficient in B12. I got these stats off the Googles, you guys. I Googled vitamin deficiencies and specifically in women, I read a ton of different articles and I picked out things that I saw in common and things that I know to be true and facts that I found really interesting just to pass on to you guys that these numbers are approximate and you know we should be highlighting these things when we are planning our protocols and choosing our supplementation. Okay, so 
B12. Calcium. Calcium is something that we see as a deficiency more so in vegan vegetarians than the general population. It is something that is mostly derived from animal products. However, lots of leafy greens and dark green vegetables and almonds, things like that have a good amount of calcium in them, but it is something that we suggest our vegan vegetarian friends do supplement with. And just a touch note on calcium, vitamin D goes hand in hand with calcium absorption and 42%, and that goes up to 70% in older adults are vitamin D deficient. What? That's crazy. We all need to get out and enjoy some sun, y'all. <laughs> iron. Iron is something I've talked about a lot. Anyone who's trained with me knows that iron is something that I check in on with my athletes. Females need about three times the amount of iron as men just because of our menstrual cycles. And female athletes need even more. Most of us do not get enough iron. And some of us like myself, are prone to iron deficiency or anemia. So this is something that I do send a lot of my clients for blood work on. I like to check in and look at their iron levels regularly. The thing to know too is sometimes the doctors are doing the best they can out there, y'all, but sometimes a doctor will tell you that your blood work looks fine. And if you ask for a copy of it and you look at your iron levels and they're on the very lowest end of the spectrum, you may not feel fine. You may be suffering with iron deficiency symptoms, even though you're not in a deficiency according to what your medical doctor would consider a deficiency. Sometimes being in a deficiency according to your medical doctor is devastating in terms of our energy levels and how we feel on a day-to-day -day basis. So checking in and knowing your own blood work stats is so important, you guys. I often recommend to my clients that they ask for a copy of their blood work from their doctor and they get to know their numbers and where they're sitting and they do this regularly, at least on an annual basis. For my comp athletes, every six months is better. Know what your stats are in comp training, in off season, and get to know your body. The more awareness you have, the more knowledge you have, the better prepared you are, the better you notice changes in your body and when something isn't right. Okay, so with iron, this is something that has plagued me for years. I have been struggling with iron deficiency for as long as I can remember. Being a female athlete for most of my teens and definitely into my 20s, 30s, it's something that I've supplemented with my entire life. And if I come off iron supplement, I notice it. The first symptom I get is mornings become really difficult. I can sleep eight to 10 hours and not feel rested at all. Getting up is a struggle. I start to notice bags under my eyes. I start to notice that my hair is falling out more. My energy in the gym drops drastically to the point where I'll go in to do an hour-long workout and 10 minutes in, I'll be spent and done and my muscle fatigue and weakness sets in and I just like zero left in the tank. So if this sounds like you, have your iron levels checked. <laughs> so I supplement with iron. Now, one of the reasons why I thought about calling this podcast Prenatals for All is because last year when my husband and I decided to start trying to have a baby, I got on a prenatal multivitamin and it was just a standard, I think it was the Costco Kirkland brand multivitamin, prenatal multivitamin, and it came with 30 milligrams or so of iron and it had a bump up of folic acid, which is our B9 vitamin. 
This was a game changer for me, so much so that I've suggested to many of my female athletes that even if they're not trying to get pregnant, that they switch over to a prenatal multivitamin. The extra iron combo with the folic acid just helped my body absorb and utilize the iron so much more efficiently to the point where I haven't had low iron in the last year. I haven't noticed symptoms. My cravings for red meat have diminished. I used to eat steak like three or four times a week, and now I'm down to like once a week, and I don't crave it the way I used to anymore. So your body will let you know when you have a deficiency, especially iron. You get some crazy cravings for different things. Chocolate, Have you ever noticed premenstrual, y'all? Chocolate cravings? Um, That's iron. (laughs) That's a sign. It's your body asking for more. Okay, so for my plant people, B12, calcium, iron. There are other ones that you absolutely want to be aware of, but those are the three most common. Okay, if you are a plant-based person, I highly recommend that you do your own research. There are people out there that are far more knowledgeable than I am in plant-based nutrition. Okay, let's move on. So let's talk about some signs and symptoms. I want to talk about the four most common vitamin deficiencies in women, according to the Googles. And this this very much goes along with what I see as well. So Number one is vitamin D. We talked about this early, earlier, right? Over 42% of us are vitamin D deficient, y'all. 70% in older adults. So symptoms of vitamin D deficiency could include, but are not limited to, weak immune system, fatigue, seasonal affective disorder, so mood imbalances, especially in the fall, winter, muscle weakness, bone loss, or weak bones, so commonly getting bone breaks or fractures, that kind of thing. So some of the foods you can incorporate in to your diet to increase your vitamin D is cod liver oil, fatty fish, egg yolk, these things. However, also getting in some daily sunlight, some daily natural light, whether it be getting outside, going for a 20 to 30 minute walk, trying to do it in the middle of the day when it's the most light out, Maybe not in the summer when you're at risk of getting sunburned, but definitely throughout the, the fall and winter months, especially. Also, I'm not advocating tanning beds, y'all, but if you do find that you do experience seasonal affective disorder in the fall, I do. Just jumping into a tanning bed even once a week, just for a few minutes, can make a real difference. All right, next up we have magnesium. This is another one that I have to make sure that I supplement with. Symptoms are tight muscles or chronically tight muscles, tics or spasms, muscle tics or spasms, blood sugar imbalances, and insomnia. So I take magnesium before bed. I double dose it and it really helps with restless leg syndrome for me. I flex my feet when I sleep. It helps with muscle recovery and it definitely helps me sleep better. So some natural forms of magnesium are things like whole grains, nuts, dark chocolate, and dark leafy greens. Okay, let's talk about B12. So we already went over the stats for B12. Symptoms could be fatigue, weakness, dizziness. Some really nice natural sources of B12 are shellfish, organ meat, eggs, milk, 
regular meat, all of the animal <laughs> products. This is why vegans, vegetarians struggle with their B12 levels. All right, iron, you guys. I didn't do the stats on iron. So let's talk about this for a second. 47% preschool children, iron deficient, you guys. 30% menstruating women, iron deficient. 42% young mothers, iron deficient. What? Come on. It's crazy. I also didn't tell you guys the stats on magnesium. Magnesium, estimated 70% of our population consume less than the required amount of magnesium. Y'all, we need more vitamins. (laughs) Are you picking up on that? This is important. Okay, we went over some of the symptoms I struggle with with my iron deficiency and anemia, but let's talk about it for a second. Iron is really important for your blood oxygen delivery system. So some of the symptoms you might experience if you're deficient in iron are fatigue, weakness, paleness, dark circles under your eyes, hair loss, irregular heartbeat, shortness of breath, dizziness, cold extremities like your hands and feet, brittle nails, strange food cravings. We talked about that. So I do suggest you get tested for iron deficiency before you start adding tons of iron to your diet because the side effects of too much iron can also be devastating. So definitely check in with your doctor or your natural path if you think you might be iron deficient. Some great sources of iron that you can add to your diet, really healthy way, red meat, organ meat, shellfish, canned sardines, beans, seed, leafy greens. Also, just a side note, vitamin C and folic acid are really important for helping your body absorb and utilize iron. And we want to make sure we avoid taking iron with caffeine. For some reason, I don't know the exact technicalities of it, but when we take our iron with coffee in the morning, we don't absorb it as efficiently or with coffee in the afternoon or whatever. So you want to make sure I take my iron at night with my magnesium and I make sure I take vitamin C with it. So I'll often do a mid morning or lunch prenatal, and then I'll take another one before bed with my magnesium zinc supplements, just so that I'm kind of double dosing that multivitamin and getting iron multiple times during the day. And that's just me. So just because it works for me doesn't necessarily mean it works for you. Every single one of our human bodies is different. I'm just trying to bring some awareness to you guys of where you might be lacking in your nutrient spectrum. All right. In terms of testing, for vitamin deficiencies, uh, your doctor can definitely test for the main ones like B12, iron, potassium, sodium, some of those electrolytes. However, if you want a deeper form of testing done, if you want a full spectrum of microvitamin testing done, a naturopathic doctor is going to be a little bit more efficient for you. Okay, and let's quickly, I'm running out of time here, but let's quickly touch on fatty acids. So I want to really focus you on your omega-3 intake. This is most commonly what we see um, a deficit in, in most adults. So we have omega-6s, omega-9s as well, which are also important, but most of us in our North American diet get plenty, if not too many, omega-6s. So I want you to focus on omega-3s because they're an anti-inflammatory, which as we know, inflammation can cause 
all kinds of issues in our bodies. So some symptoms of omega-3 deficiency are skin irritation and dryness, depression or seasonal affective disorder or mental health issues, dry eyes, joint pain and stiffness, hair loss, thinning, or brittle or dry hair, as well as inflammation. So this could come across in the form of acne or just unknown body aches, pains, joint stiffness, that kind of stuff. So a couple of amazing sources of omega-3s that you can add to your diet really easily are fish, seafood, chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts, hemp seeds, and hemp hearts. Specifically when it comes to fish, your fattier fishes are going to be better choices here. I am a huge salmon advocate. Since I've dropped having steak every day since I got my iron in check, I have opted for salmon as my evening meal and definitely noticed an overall improvement in my skin and my eyes and my joints and all of it. So I feel like I could even go for a little bit more omega-3s and be good to go. All right, you guys, that is that kind of sums up what I have for you today. I could probably talk about micronutrients for another hour or two. We could get into electrolytes. Let's talk quick, actually, about electrolytes before I run. So a lot of the women that come to me for weight loss have cut sodium out of their diet, which is fine to do. I mean, if you have high blood pressure or if your doctor has told you to lower your sodium intake, again, in our natural North American diets, we tend to overeat sodium because we tend to overeat processed foods. However... When women come to me and start creating their own protocols and they start adding in more vegetables and more fresh meats, the sodium level in their diet drops drastically. And most women think this is a great thing because then their weight drops drastically because sodium molecules hold on to water molecules. So the less sodium you have in your body, the less water you have in your body. But y'all, you need sodium. It's important <laughs> for your body to function and cool itself down and to do the things it needs to do. So I do highly recommend making sure you're getting that minimum amount of daily sodium, that 1400 milligrams. And if you have low blood pressure, or if you are an athlete that works out and that sweats often, you may want to bring that sodium level up. I naturally have quite low blood pressure. So my daily sodium intake sits around 2000 to 2100 milligrams a day. And then you want to match your potassium with that. So potassium should be double your sodium intake at least. So there is a lot of natural potassium in vegetables and in the foods we eat. So you can look at what your natural potassium intake is, but I use a half salt, half potassium table salt when I cook, and it just helps make sure that I keep my my potassium levels up where they should be. Now, again, this is something that differs for everybody. And I highly recommend that you sit down and talk to a doctor or a naturopath before adding or taking away any supplements or electrolytes from your diet. Okay, y'all? <laughs> I am not the end-all be-all on this subject. I just want to bring to your awareness how prominent micronutrient deficiencies are in our current population even here in North America. So do your research, figure out what you're currently getting. You can log your daily food intake into an app like MyFitnessPal. I know I told you guys not to do this and to write it all down, but if you do log everything into an app, there's a pretty good chance it will show you your micronutrients as well. That's the one bonus of those fitness apps. 
Also sitting down and having a really good conversation with a naturopath or a registered dietitian is never a bad idea. If you have more questions on this subject, you are welcome to email me anytime at coach at lilasleona.com and I will do my best to answer all your questions. Have a fantastic week, you guys, and I will see you next week. Bye for now. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I ask you to leave a comment. Tell me what you liked about it. Share the podcast with a friend and come back next Wednesday for a brand new episode. I'll see you then. 